I'll get the easiest part out of the way first because I seem to forget it. Episode 292. 292. Sorry if there's any confusion out there to everybody, but that's what the titles are for. Did you watch the NHL Awards last night? I didn't. Um, I'm up at uh, I'm up my uh, cottage right now, and we uh, do not have TV. But you have internet. I do. So you could have watched it. I could have watched it, but okay. uh, I mean, it's you opted you know. not to. Perhaps it's it's worse than the All Star Game. You know what I think about the All Star Game, so. It, like it, like do you do you think people actually enjoy watching that? <laughs> I, I love the way you asked that question, tone and everything. Because I uh, watched you know. it. I wa- you know why I watched it? I didn't watch it for the awards because I already knew who won. Were were we wrong? The only one that I was I was really kind of like uh shocked with. Well, I guess not shocked. Shocked is the wrong word. Surprised by was Jim Montgomery, but my God, was his speech awesome! Getting up yeah. there and the humility that he showed, and mm-hmm. uh, talking about being let go by the Dallas Stars and what this means to him. And I mean, that was you know for someone like myself who's eleven years sober, that that really, I really love that. I really really enjoyed what he had to say because I think there's a lot of people out there that see this guy walk up there, win the Jack Adams, and he could have just walked off. Yeah. But you know what? That's uh, I, I'm, I was really happy to hear that. Followed by, you know, probably the worst host of the, of the awards ever, Dirk Bentley slugging beer out of the cup. I mean, way to time that one. But you didn't watch it, so you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But I watched it. <laughs> I watched it, and I, I don't know what's going on with this game. I don't know what's going on with hockey. I used to think hockey was the coolest fucking sport in the world and that nobody could touch it. Nobody. It's the biggest fucking dweeb fest in the history of sports. And it's like it just continues to get and what, worse. And what, in what way? Like, it's you know, hokey, what's going on? Here? It's hokey. It's acting. It's shitty. It's not real. It's, it's too much production. It just it fucking blows. And and I'm sorry, the panel sucked. The host sucked. The 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 whole show sucked. I'm embarrassed for the NHL. I'm embarrassed for the NHL. I'm embarrassed for what they're trying to do. They're so cheesy. They're so hokey. And we saw it right here in our backyard with Owen Power at a fucking playground the other day in a video talking about I mean, it's just it's like I, I just can't. I don't understand the mindset of the people working inside the game. <laughs> you you've are, got the you, you've, you've got, got the greatest feathers ruffled. The, you've got the greatest athletes in the world, and you make them look like fucking knobs. Connor McDavid, I don't know who dressed him last night. Awful. Like, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Jim Montgomery's speech mean, was great. Uh, let, let's 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 slow down here. Let's take a deep breath. Um, could be you just threw out a lot of venom 
in a short period of time like, here. Put the tuxedos back on. You got the greatest player to ever play the game, and he's up there in some in an awful colored suit with an awful colored shirt with a terrible pair of shoes, no personality. Chris Letang showed up last night to win the Masterton Award. And he looked like he looked like James Bond. He had a tuxedo on. He absolutely looked outstanding. You got David Pasternak, who I don't know what he was wearing, what what hotel he pulled those drapes off of and decided to make a suit out of. Well, when you're talking about showing your personality, you know, I'm just looking up Connor McDavid's suit right now. Out of 10, out of of 10, out of 10. I mean, honest to God, out of 10. I am not even kidding you when I I, say I I see high school kids literally go to their proms looking better than that. Yeah, it, it is crazy what he just wore. It is mind-boggling. Heart trophy. He's going up to win the heart trophy. That. Uh, I don't know what to say. You know, listen, I mean, it just seems to be his personality. He just seems to be super closed. He seems to be kind of, uh, um, you know, when you look at the suit and the shirt, it's just like, holy shit, man. The guy's making $12.5 million a year. Please, please have someone help him. Go look at Steve Stamkos' outfit. Well, he's like, also living in uh, Tampa Bay, okay? Uh, one guy stays in Lund- uh, in Edmonton. One guy's in Tampa Bay. Like this this suit, this suit shirt. The suit shirt is mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. I think the whole thing is a zip-on from the back. Has to be. That's a That's like... It's a Halloween costume right there. I'm going as that for Halloween next year. Connor McDavid at the NHL Awards. Olive green yeah. shirt, olive green suit. Anyway. All in all, just listen, man. It's the reason why I don't watch. It's the reason why I, I don't know. watch. I know. I don't need to have this kind I got- of like irritation watching a show and just be like, what is going on? Like for me, I don't I look at I look at Connor McDavid right now and I think to myself, like the suit's not that bad. The suit's not that bad. But the shirt that he has under his suit is absolutely mind blowing. Get a crisp white get a crisp white button down shirt. He's he's not even he's got the cool button down, like two button down, so it's like flaring open a little bit. It just doesn't look good because it's so it's such a bad shirt. Like everybody that's watching him speak right now is sitting there, not even listening to I him. I didn't talk. hear anything he said. To him. Yeah, they're listening to how bad the bloody shirt is. <laughs> you know, throw a you know, here's the thing, man. Throw <laughs> And I don't Bro. feel bad because I don't feel bad because he's making twelve and a half million. He's on a hundred million dollar contract. So throw a shave into. Come on, Connor. Got the worst beard ever right now. And uh, you know, just throw a razor on you, clean yourself up. You're the face of the NHL. Oh, uh, the league is just not as cool as it once was. I'm sorry it's not. Man, you couldn't pay me to go to that thing. You literally could not pay me to go to the NHL awards. And I'm, I'm super happy now that I've watched like literally five minutes of it. I'm super happy. I'm super happy. I didn't watch. What was Dirk Bentley's kid doing there? I don't even know who Dirk Bentley is. So that's I, even better. I, I, I thought it was, you know who I thought it was? You know who I thought it was up there? I thought it was fucking Jackson, Maine. Okay. Guy looks like, guy looks like Bradley Cooper from uh, Star is Born. 
that's who I thought it was. I when I first turned it on, I was like, oh, they have Bradley Cooper doing this thing. Why is he doing that in Nashville? Oh, that's right. He was in the movie about he was kind of like a country singer, and then it's not even him. It's it's Dirks Bentley. I don't even I honestly I don't I've heard of Dirks Bentley. I could not tell you or identify a song by Dirks Bentley. But I've definitely heard the name. Uh speaking of country, didn't you didn't you make uh uh some kind of a uh uh notice uh public notice sports notice from a country's music station about the sabers schedule you better be right about that schedule <laughs> well my information and how i found out is it solid i would think it's pretty solid but if it's not are you gonna someone's gonna get it are you gonna out them? Gonna get it uh yep i will Hundred um, percent. Okay, so they start with the New York Rangers. Owen Power not winning the Rookie of the Year. Good to see him there, though. You, we kind of knew it was going to be Matt Beniers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it was nice to see uh, Owen Power. Uh, you know, go to the NHL Awards and uh, have to go to a playground and do a little skit. <laughs> Holy shit balls! Oh my god! Absolute. I just. I just absolutely to... worse than the than the awards. I'm going to tell you, worse than the awards. Just mind blowing, mind blowing. What I just what I just watched. You just took a future it's Norris fucking trophy winner. Fired. Took him to a fucking playground. Fired. Absolutely insane. People don't know what I'm talking about right now, but they probably will in the next. This uh, is what week I'm talking so. about. Go and watch man. that. This, Holy, this is the hokey man. that I'm talking. This is this is what the game is selling. It's some bloody personality, man. Oh. You're gonna take your. You're gonna take the Calder Trophy finalist to a play down a playground and sit on a slide, and and like what is going on? Anyway. Oh, that's how we that's how we want to bring up that's how we want to uh, expose and and uh you know promote our 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 players who who sat down in a room in your little boardroom and thought that that was a good idea who this is owen friggin power is six oh. six 220 pounds the kid's an unbelievable you, superstar you might, hockey player you might do that with a prospect you're not going to do it with a bloody prospect. Why are you doing it at all? I was just trying to give some benefit of the doubt here. Tell the people what we're talking about. Go, so the Sabres, listen, the mean, Sabres did a video and they took Owen Power because he's under the age of 21 and he's in Nashville, this amazing town. And and instead of, I don't know, they, they took him to a playground and interview. I, I Anyway. Unbelievable. Anyway. Um, just, just can can you okay? Can you just think about this? Think about a rookie, okay? Just a rookie, like maybe maybe the first pick for the Bills. Who is who is the tight end that just got picked for the Bills? Uh, the tight end that got picked for the Bills. That's that's his. To me, that's his name. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Anyway. Kincaid, maybe, or I don't even know who the the young okay, man so imagine is. Him but could what? you imagine taking that man 
that man to a playground and sitting on a little slide and asking him some questions. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, sorry. Sorry, but man. (laughs) All right. Promote your promote your talent better than that. It's absolutely insane. Anyway, hopefully they can uh, they can do a better job promoting these stars. Oh fuck! Um, wow, real good morning, eh? <laughs> so Eric Carlson won the the Norris last night. First defenseman since ninety one ninety two to get 100 points. I said 92, 93 yesterday, but okay. I mean, whatever. Yep. Uh, so did you see where Rasmus Dahlin finished in the final Norris voting? Uh, I did. He finished eighth. And I think there are a lot of people here in, in Buffalo or Sabre fans that watch the Sabres a lot and probably think higher than Dolly. But I, do you agree with this list at eight? I mean, let me, for the listeners, let me read who's ahead of them. And then, you know, you can comment. So obviously the top three, Carlson, Fox, McCarr, Hampus, Lindholm, who I said, by the way, at the very start of the year, could be a Norris Trophy candidate. You're like, what? And he was fourth in voting. Josh Morrissey, Dougie Hamilton, Miro Heiskanen, Rasmus Dahlin, and then I'll just round out the top 10 with Quinn Hughes, Brent Burns. I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely... I don't know if those defensemen ahead of him are better than he is, but I think that he's probably the 7th or 8th best defenseman in the league anyway. Do you remember at the start of the year when we were talking about Rasmus Dahlin and what he was doing at the time? You know, the first half of the season, the 40 plus mark, 50 plus mark of the season. He was on on pace for 100. It's not even about being on pace for 100. It it was the way that he was playing. He was playing at a superhuman level. He was playing at a Norris Trophy level. He was as good or better than most defensemen in the entire league. If you remember, he was sitting number second. He was sitting second behind Eric Carlson who had at one point, do you remember he was like 10 points more than Rasmus Dahlin, but Rasmus Dahlin was sitting number two in goals and number two in points. And he was playing out of his mind, defensively, physical, power play specialist, penalty kill, logging the most minutes out of any defenseman. He was on fire. But you remember there was a point near this near the uh three quarter mark in the season that Rasmus Dahlin um I think missed a game or, or two because of injury. Do you remember that? He was hurt. He was hurt. And I don't know what his injury was or what he was dealing with, but he was clearly not the same player for a few weeks. Okay. And I think that's where I think that's where he fell off a little bit in the voting. Now, you know, in the in the final Norse voting, you have Eric Carlson, you have uh Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, Hampus Lindholm, uh Lindholm, Josh Morrissey was up there, had a really great year, you know, Heiskinen, Hamilton. These guys all had great years, but Dahlin 
at the at the three quarter mark in the season was ahead of most of these guys. He was kind of sitting around number two or three. Well, he he fell to number eight in the voting, and that's because of the injury. I don't know what the injury was, but he did not play the same game. Um, I wouldn't say that he struggled, but I would say that he was much quieter in his play for probably a good 15 plus games. And I think that's kind of where, you know, he fell off a little bit in, in this, you know, Norris trophy voting. He had an unbelievable season. I think he had a better season than, than to me being eighth in the Norris voting, but all in all, insanely good, uh, insanely good season for Rasmus Dahlin. Like, would would an agent use these Norris numbers in a negotiation? Just out of curiosity. Uh, well, you, if if you look at Eric Carlson, who won the Norris Trophy, he's making eleven and a half million. If you look at the guy who came number two in Adam Fox, he's making nine and a half million. If you look at the guy who's third, Kale McCarr, is making nine million. Um, Dougie Hamilton, number six, is making nine and a half million. I think. I think he's making nine and a half million. Yes, he is. Um, Miro Heiskanen just signed a contract. He's making eight point four five million per year. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, I think, is uh, around six and a half. You know, all the players that are ahead of him are all making really good money. Um. You know, there was a report that came out. Um, Chad Dominicus spoke about, you know, some inside information that he has that Rasmus Dahlin is going to make um, $10 million per year, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Maybe it's $10 million per year for eight years. And for me, um, it just kind of sounds right. It really does sound right. Um, Rasmus Dahlin is going to be a guy who is going to set the bar a little bit higher. Like a couple years ago, a couple years ago, the bar was set by, you know, Zach Wierenski and, and guys like that, uh, Dougie Hamilton signed for nine and a half. Zach Wierenski signed for 9.6. Uh, um, Seth Jones signed for nine and a half. Darnell Nurse signed for 9.25. There's a whole bunch of defensemen that are in that category that are making nine to nine and a half million. I think Rasmus Dahlin right now is going to set another bar. He's going to set um, a 10 million, 10 million bar. I mean, I think that that's what he's going to get. Does he deserve it? Absolutely deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, I think, and I think teams now with the cap and the, and, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll start bumping up more than a million dollars, but it's not even that. I think, I think it was going to take a little bit of time for maybe my theory is completely ridiculous. I don't know, but I will say this. I feel like with Vegas winning and Eichel making 10 million and Florida making it to the finals with Bobrovsky making 10, Barkov making 10, uh, Kachuk making nine, five. Uh, and then in Vegas, you got. Eichel making 10, Stone 9.5, help me out. You got Petrangelo making, what, 8.8? 8.8, yep. Okay. You've yep. got other guys making, and then you've got a string of guys making 5 million. 
Riley yep. Smith, Carlson, right? Like you've got a whole yeah, bunch of Jonathan Marchez, five million, right? Yep. And I think they look and they're like, okay, we can afford to to win a Stanley or to to pay a guy ten million dollars in this cap era right now and where the cap's going. Yep. Because in three years from now, that's going to be like Darlene making eight and a half now with where the cap's going. You know what I mean? Right, so, yeah. In four years from now, three years from now, I think the Sabres are going to be in a very, very good situation. I believe that the cap in three to four years from now is going to go from 90 or in 83 and a half million dollars. It's going to go to 93 yeah. and a half million. And that's dollars. not going to lower his AAV, but it's going to lower his cap percentage hit. Exactly. Guys like Tage Thompson in four years from now. Tage Thompson, who's a number one center in the NHL, who this last year scored 47 goals and 94 points. You're hoping that Tage can continue the to uh, progress and keep that level of play. So in three to four years from now, when the cap goes up almost $10 million, that's $7 million, $7.1 million for Tage Thompson is insanely low. And that's what you're looking for. Um, that's when this team is really going to benefit because they're going to have guys that are playing at high levels and that they're under reasonable uh, contracts for the team. And listen, I mean, you got to pay, you, you know, Rasmus Dahlin signed a three-year deal. Okay. When Rasmus Dahlin signed his bridge deal for $18 million, six per, I don't think there was a person on the planet, not on the planet, that thought that he deserved $6 million a year. There's not one single person on the planet that does, that thought he deserved that. But they bridged him. He has progressed and really taken off as a young defenseman. And now he's not young anymore he's going into his sixth year in the nhl he's what 22 23 years old and this this young man's looking to explode and he's going I, to get better i know hindsight is irrelevant here in this discussion there's no finger pointing when i bring this up i'm just saying do you think there was an opportunity for the sabers to sign darlene to an eight-year deal when he signed the three-year you yes. think they you do 100 percent Hundred percent. So, so you, I you mean, probably feel. I like felt the very Sabres. uncomfortable for the Sabers signing him to a three-year deal for six million. I thought I'm like, what? No, no. Are... Yes, don't don't mistake what I'm saying. I am not criticizing that they didn't sign him. I'm just saying, who do you think would have wanted the bridge deal more, the Sabers or Darlene's camp? Probably the Sabers, right? Well, what would the number have been on on an eight-year deal? That's the probably question. eight, eight and a half. No, absolutely freaking not. There's you not think, a chance, man. You don't think it would have been like they would. I'm not saying the Sabres would have offered him that. I'm saying that's probably what his agent would have wanted at the time. No, because if his agent was watching Rasmus Dahlin play, there's not a freaking chance in hell that you would even come close to asking for that kind of money. Rasmus Dahlin was Well, they gave him six on a three-year deal. He was struggling immensely. Yeah, but they gave, Craig, they gave him six on a three-year deal. I understand that. Yes. So so now you're asking him now you're asking to buy UFA 
UFA years on on and based on projection, he might have been struggling. But let's let's be realistic here for one second. It's it's not like he wasn't showing promise from the standpoint of offense. Right? Like you're still keeping Rasmus Dahlin around, even if he is struggling immensely defensively. But he had 44, 40, 23, and 56. Then he signed, then he signed the deal after 23 and 56. Did he not? Because now he's not he's played two years of that three-year deal. Or has he played three years of that three-year deal? Well, like I said, you know, the, the first year Rasmus Dahlin played did something pretty special. 44 points. I think that's the most points or second most points by a defenseman behind Phil Housley in NHL history. He yeah, followed he's it up two with, years of that contract. Sorry. Go ahead. And then the second year he had 40 points in 59 games. He still had 23 games to play. I mean, you're probably looking at another you know, 10 to 15 points, which puts him at 50 to 55 points. Um, So they gave him what guys like Shattenkirk were making, Yandel were making, which are totally, totally appropriate. But now he's well, he's more well-rounded. His game is, is a lot more well-rounded. He's going to have come in here with a lot more experience next year because they absolutely forced him into positions he did not belong in. Yeah, Don Granato was saving grace on Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, when he was under, when he was being coached by um, Ralph Kruger, it's just like, oh my lord, how, how, you know, there were so many players that were not in good places. They weren't in good places, and Don Granato was hired and did did a lot of special things behind the scenes not on the ice okay not on the ice he worked with the players on the ice but he had to work with the minds first because the mind your mind is the is is everything and Rasmus Dahlin in the second part of his third year started to play some better hockey there there's you started to see some light at the end of the tunnel because it was a dark dark start to to his third season and that's how you know you're 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 looking at Rasmus Dahlin in his third year and you're projecting I, I I I'm not sure that he was okay with the long-term contract because I don't think the money was there for him. But I look at this. Rasmus Dahlin signed a bridge deal for $6 million a year, which is really good money. But let's just say Rasmus Dahlin signs an eight-year deal for $7.5 million. The question is, does Rasmus Dahlin get to where he is right now with an eight-year deal back then? And I'm not sure he he would. He had to play himself into this contract. He had to feel uncomfortable in his in his uh, preparation and 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 the way that he he's worked himself 
to want to be a top defenseman. If he signs an eight-year deal for seven and a half million dollars, he's going to play to that contract. He's just going to play. Ah, you know, I've got, I've made my money. Everything's good. I make seven and a half million dollars a year, and but I think by by signing the bridge deal, I think that Rasmus Dahlin has had to play for it. I'll say this. I don't think he has that in him. I see what you're saying. There's there's risk of that. But I'm I don't I mean we'll never know. Again, we'll like we'll never know. But it I just don't see him as that type of I think there's I think he's the type of guy that wants to live up to that number one expectation. I think he wants to be the next captain of this team. I think he wants to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think he wants to live up to the generational talent, whether you're paying him five million a year for the next 10 years or 10 million a year. I think he would I think he would drive himself to be that type of player. I you know, I gotta tell you something. I I didn't talk about this after because I don't like when you bump into players or talk to them, you know, because you might see them at an event or something. I don't like saying, like, oh, I talked to so and so last night. I mean, but I had an unbelievable discussion with this guy at the Ryan Miller night at that bar across the street from the the rink. I don't know what it's called upstairs. Unbelievable! You guys were smoking your uh, man. What were you drinking? White Russians? No. What were those things you were smoking in the in old the fashions? Glass? Old fashions. Smoking old fashioned, burning wood chips. And I just <laughs> anyway. I saw Darlene and and uh, I think he was talking to. I can't remember who he was talking to, but anyway, I stopped and I said hello. And I had an unbelievable conversation with this guy. I I think what I took away from the discussion was how down to earth he is. I think that was how humble he is. I don't know if I'd ever really met him or talked to him on that level before. I know I'd met him, but I'd never spoken to him on that you know, a conversation just about life and hockey and Sweden because I lived in Sweden. So that would, that came up every time I meet a Swede, I'm like, Hey, I lived in Bowdoin to have a The only time we really talked to him is when he was drafted. Oh, remember we asked him about what kind of underwear he wears on that interview. No, you asked him that. Don't, don't put me in that. You asked him about his Boreas Salming. Do you wear Boreas Salming underwear? I just looking, he wore he's looking at you like or, what? Salming or Who's the tennis player? Borg. They both have underwear lines. Yeah. Anyway, that went over well. It didn't go over well at all. That was. <laughs> but, man, got to loosen these guys up. Got to loosen these young guys up. 100%. Like, like, really? I mean, if I were a draft pick and someone asked me what kind of underwear I was wearing, I'd fucking tell them right then and there what I'm wearing. I don't have any on. I don't wear them. Simple as that. There's nothing better than a little denim up against the ass cheeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just literally threw up a tiny bit in my mouth right now. Like, well, hey, every time you see me, Craig, you're closer to me than you think. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, that's enough about Dolly. Is it? It is because I think I think it's I think it's done. I think it's just July first gonna come. You're gonna have Kevin Adams announce that. They have signed uh, Rasmus Dahlin to an eight-year contract, and it's really, really good for Sabreland. You think? And for you, me, 
the harder the harder one to sign is going to be Owen Power because I like you had a bigger sample size in signing Rasmus Dahlin to a contract and you feel very comfortable doing it. Owen Power, I think that he had an incredible season for for a rookie. I think he's got a long, long way to go until he hits a ceiling, but it is going to be a much more difficult contract to sign. Okay. Here's my theory on the pair. And I've said this before in past shows, but I, I'm going to stick to it because I believe it. If you can land them both for under $20 million, 19.5, I don't give a shit the way you want to split it up, but not, not $20 million. So not, not 10.5 and 9.5 not 11 and 9 i mean you I, I we got math wizards all over the place so they can figure out but what i'm saying is if you can get 10 and a half i'll even go to nine for owen power i don't give a shit i don't care craig i i don't but, care oh, the fucking again. kid was on the oh, was on the calder ballot last night and did you see the highlights did you see him skate He's six foot six. Shabbat got eight for eight three years ago, maybe more, three years ago. Give I don't care. Under 20 million. 19.5 million. If you can get them both for 19.5 million. It'd be amazing if you got 10.5 and 8.5. That would be I think that would be a grand slam. If you can get 10 and a quarter and 8.75, it's the same math. It all comes down to what Darlene gets for me because that takes away from Owen Power because there's no way Kevin Adams is saying, like, like think about it. He has to have a cap for for defense, what to spend on defense. Don't you think they have it broken down that way? Like, you're going to have seven defensemen. How much do you want to pay seven defensemen on your $83.5 million salary cap? You're only paying your goaltenders this year if you keep all three of them, four yep. million tops. I, I I I guess right now. What if they were to sign Owen Power to a six and a half million dollar deal for three years? Because he's got this year. Okay, at the age of twenty one, he makes nine hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. And if you were to sign Owen Power for a three year deal. At six and a half million, that'll that that's nineteen and a half million. And let's say hypothetically, there's five more years after that that he is going to sign and make ten million dollars. Okay, do you have me so far? Do you understand? So I'm looking at an eight year deal. What it's going what it's going to look like? What it's going to cost? So if you if you sign him to nine million dollars. Times eight, that's seventy-two million dollars, right? PD, you got me so far. Just give me yeah, a head nod, bud. I'm following. I'm following. Nine million. You want to sign him for nine million times eight? That's seventy-two million. So, what if we were to sign him to six and a half million times three on a bridge deal? See where he is at, 
And then most likely he's going to get a long-term contract, probably eight years. And it's going to be, I would say somewhere around Rasmus Dahlin at $10 million. You agreed so far? Yeah. So the first three are going to be six and a half million. Then the other five years, he's going to be making 10 million. I know he's going to be making an eight year deal, but I'm just taking, I'm taking an eight year segment, the first three at six and a half. And then the next five at that's $69.5 million. You want to sign him to a nine, nine million times eight. That's 72 million. Good for me. Just, just bridge him. Just bridge him. If you can get him for less than nine million, because I'm not paying him nine million, I'm not paying him nine million dollars. You know who makes nine million dollars? His name's Kale, Kale freaking McCarr, man. Yeah, I know. And Owen Power ain't Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr was over a point a game as a defenseman, and and you have you have a guy who won the Norris Trophy, and Adam Fox. Who's making nine and a half million? You're going to pay Owen Power after one year in the league nine million? Value to the franchise, not comparables to the league. I'm sorry. What those players are to their team, I think Owen Power is going to be to this team. I think Adaline is as well. Adaline is the guy. Owen Power is going to be a very, very good defenseman. Don't there is no question. That would bother Owen Power. Like, do you think he came, wanted to come to a team as a He's number two. one? Hold on, as a number one overall pick and be the number two guy? Not trying to be an asshole here, but I'm just saying, like, you're going number one overall like when Victor Hedman went number two to Tampa do you think he's sitting there going like oh fuck I hope to be in the second pair well let me ask you has been a number one pair defenseman his entire life yeah so is Mikhail Sergachev Mikhail Sergachev has been the biggest swinging dick in every spot that he has been in and then all of a sudden lands in Tampa Bay and he's behind a guy who was drafted second overall, Victor Hedman. And Victor Hedman is older than he is. Victor Hedman is the number one defenseman on the team. Victor Hedman has won a Norris Trophy. But here's the thing. Tampa Bay went and signed Mikhail Sergachev. And he signed them, he, they signed him to $8.5 million. This is a guy who's won two Stanley Cups, Petey. This is a guy that's put up 40, 50 points a year. So let me, let me go back and ask you again. Why are, why do you want to sign Owen Power to a $9 million contract? Talking Adam Fox, who won a Norris Trophy, who's making nine and a half. We're talking Mikhail Sergachev, who's won two Stanley Cups and has played in the league a number of years and has had to earn the contract. And he's making eight and a half. Do you think Owen Power in the next three years? Because he has another year in his entry level, right? Yes. Yes. Does he? Yes, he has another year. Okay. He he makes nine hundred and twenty-five thousand next year. Three years. Do you think Owen Power could be a Norris ballot, like a top five Norris ballot voting? Top five? No. 
Could you think he could be where Darlene is at eight? Uh, possibly could be in a top 10. I'm saying possibly. Okay. Maybe two, so if he's a top 10, maybe two, three top, years from now. Oh, that's what I said. Two, three years. Let's say three years from now. In three years from now, four years from now. Okay. Could Owen Power be a top eight Norris ballot? Top eight Norris ballot. Maybe. Maybe. What are you paying, what are you paying him then? Um, what do you, I don't know. What do, what are you paying Brandon Montour? Well, what, what are you, you paying Vince? Dol- what are you paying Vince Dunn? These guys weren't number one overall picks. Darlene oh, was a Darlene so that, was so a number that, one overall pick. That's why he's going to get ten million. If Darlene were a seventh rounder, I know Darlene. Darlene played himself into this contract. He's he had seventy three points this year. Okay, he was a plus player. He had what fifteen goals. He he is hitting this kid's the most physical kid that we have on the entire team. He's got some nastiness to him. He literally has, has played himself into this contract and he deserves it. It's not because he's number one overall. Owen power is an unbelievable defenseman. I think he's got insane upside. Do I think he's going to be a Norris trophy candidate? Uh, I don't think he is. And the reason why I think he's going to get blocked. He's going to get blocked by Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. All right. But if Owen Power is about winning trophies, he's going to want to win the big trophy, and that's called the Stanley Cup. Is there another Sabres discussion you'd like to have? Anything? Because, like, here's the thing. Just let me ask you this one question. I'm going to go through some defensemen. You tell me where they fit on their defense core on their team. Carlson. Top pair. Fox. Top pair. McCarr. Okay. Next. Lindholm. Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Miro Heiskinen. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. Quentin Hughes. Yep. Brent Burns. Got it. Vince Dunn. Yeah, I get Montour. it. I'm so every single one of these defensemen, every single one of these defensemen is the number one defenseman on their team. Here's the thing. I don't think Owen Power is ever going to be the number one defenseman on the Buffalo Sabres because he's and competing. you don't think that bothers him? No, I don't. Really? I, I, I think he's going to go into his... You don't think Owen Power sits there and says, I was just on a Calder ballot. I'm the first overall pick. I was a stud in my whole life, stud in college. And I'm going to sit behind. I'm going to be a second pair defenseman my entire career. Let me ask you this. I think that would. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Scott Niedermeyer, when he was playing on the New Jersey Devils with Scott Stevens, was he the number one defenseman or was Scott Stevens the number one defenseman? Was Niedermeyer on the top pair? Yes, he was. He Who would he play st- with? Scott Stevens. Did he? Yeah. He used to steer people right into Scott Stevens, right into the middle. Okay. Okay. Uh, or are you uh, thinking of Brian Rafalski? N- no, no, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm thinking about elite defensemen like a Scott Niedermeyer and a Scott Stevens. Is there enough room? Is there enough love on one team for two elite players you have you just named brian rafalski um 
playing on the same team as as uh as uh Lindstrom. Um I look at I look at for an example, you know, going back generations. Like how was Mark Messier when he was playing in in um Edmonton? Was he okay with playing with Gretzky? Was he okay with being behind Gretzky? And I think the answer is when you're winning that's the, that's the most important thing. I think I don't Owen know. you Power, don't think Mark Messier had something to prove after Gretzky was traded and everyone said yeah. the Oilers can't win again. What just, happened? To, just what like happened I think Scott Niedermeyer when he went to Anaheim, same okay. thing. Just like Mark Messier when he went to the Rangers. You know, I Could mean, be. it's and he he went to the Rangers and won with a lot of guys that he was with on the Oilers. Yeah. So. Uh, I think there is something to it. Yeah, I, I I, mean, the only person that I think I could say is what has been okay riding shotgun and is Ev- Evgeny Malkin. Yes. In in the in recent years, like because Dreisaitl and McDavid, they're they play together when you know what I mean, they play together enough that it can satisfy Dreisaitl. But Dreisaitl is realistic to be like, I can't fucking... I mean, I might be good, but I'm not that. But from Malkin to Crosby, you know, I think Malkin... I think Malkin could have carried a team on his own. Not on his 1, own. 1,000%. The kid... Like, Evgeny Malkin is an absolute raging stud. Now, did he get... Did he get... um? overshadowed a little bit by Sidney Crosby, who is the face of the, of, of the league. And the answer is yes. Yes, he did. But he also has three Stanley cups to, to enjoy. And he's made an ungodly amount of money. He made more than Sidney yeah, Crosby. He was making pretty more. much throughout his career. Yeah. Crosby took that, uh, 12 year deal, seven, 12 yep. year deal for 8.7, 104 million. And then you had, uh, Malkin took 9.5. Yeah, nine and a half. He was making more money than Crosby for a large amount of his career. Um, but this goes back to Owen Power and what you have to pay him. You know, I have no problem with just allowing him to to play three years. If he if he doesn't want to sign a contract for let's say eight and a half, because you're you're that's kind of what the range that you want to get him in. You want to get him in uh an eight and a half million dollar range. Because that's a lot of money going to two players on defense. You got a $10 million defenseman and an $8.5 million defenseman. It's a lot of cha-ching going into two defensemen. I want to go back to something here. Can you believe somebody didn't vote for Connor McDavid? Yeah, I saw that. Just like, I mean, just complete idiot. How about how about the guy who didn't vote for Connor McDavid? Picked him fifth. Well... Well, maybe that person isn't blindsided by the season McDavid was having and actually paid attention to the definition of the award. Most valuable player to his team. So I guess when you have another 55 goal guy, 100 plus point guy on the team, that could skew things, I think. By yeah. definition. So, I mean, 
it's not like Edmonton is sitting at the top of the standings winning president's trophy. Like they're, they were on the brink for certain points during the season to even make it. So well, what, what would happen if they didn't have Connor McDavid? I don't know. We will, we'll never know. Because, because probably you know have what? a pretty because good idea of where they'd Cro- be. Well, remember when Crosby went out? Crosby was out for an entire year with a concussion. You know who led yep. the team in scoring? You know who won the Hart Trophy that year? Yeah, Malkin. Malkin. Yeah. So we'll never know. We'll never know his true value. We'll never know Dreisaitl's true value until McDavid has to sit out for a long period of time. But someone gave Pasternak a first-place vote. Had to have been a Boston media member. Yeah, just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. He had an unbelievable season. Pasternak had 60 goals. At 100 and what, 14 points? Insanely good season. No, he is not. He is not the most valuable player to his team. That is just ridiculous. By definition, in your opinion, who is the most valuable player? Matthew Kachuk. No question about it, man. I mean, you take Matthew Kachuk off Florida and... I mean, holy jumping. They'd be at the bottom of the league. Bottom 10 in the league. I think just made the playoffs and he was, he was superhuman by true definition of the award. Yeah. I think Jack Hughes deserves to be bumped up a little bit too. Man. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one. He had an, he had an incredible season. 99 points. 99 points. Yeah. I think Leon Dreisaitl deserves to be higher. Yes, he has McDavid. No. But no, are you kidding me? Where the fuck would the Oilers be if they only had McDavid? Where would they be? He would be good for point and a half to two points per night. They would be getting absolutely spanked. Yeah. Spanked. Yeah, all these guys are super, you know, it, it goes down to the strength of the entire team. Um, you know, Pasternak, it's, I don't even know how he's on there. He had an awesome season, but he's not the most valuable player to his team. Um, but listen, Connor McDavid's the best player in the game. He had an insanely good season. It's like unstoppable on many nights. So he, he deserves it. All right. So with all that said, just a reminder, uh, we've restocked the trucker hats that Riv designed seems to be the most popular thing going. So good on him. No one's keeping score around here, but Craig. And uh, he reminds me every day that the stuff he designed or came up with uh, are our best sellers. So go to afterthewhistleshop.com and be sure to purchase all the After the Whistle merch that we have in store for you. Side note, 25 years ago today, Big Andrew Peters was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, 34th overall. Sorry for to all of you for breaking your dreams. And I will admit, I was the draft pick that the Sabres picked, 34th, for the Pat LaFontaine trade. So if you got a problem with that, take it up with Darcy. Otherwise, stop holding it over my fucking head, all right? Like, I, I've heard this enough. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've heard Peters is the pick we got for LaFontaine. Now, what round were you drafted? 
Such an uh, angry guy. Eh? Throw a puck in the corner. Let's go get it. I bet you you don't come out with it. Uh, hold on a sec. There's something else I wanted to mention. Uh, Thomas Vanek's not here today. Uh, for people that don't know, or he joins us every Tuesday, but he's in Nashville for the draft. And you should know this, that Mike Harrington did an article yesterday. It went out on Thomas Vanek and how he was the last, when he was drafted, the draft was in Nashville. Go check it out. Buffalo news sports. And uh, it's a nice article about, uh, about Vanner and being drafted by the Sabres in his time here, what he accomplished when he was here, his career, all of it. So check it out. Anything else to add, Riv? Something that we'll, that we will be discussing tomorrow. A lot of talk about teams trading up to try and get into four or five. And the reason for that is, is the Russian hockey player, Mishkov. There's a lot of teams right now. It just came out. The, I, I read an article about um, David Poyle and, and Barry Trotz from Nashville trying so hard right now to try and trade up because they want to take Mitch Koff. And everybody, there's teams right now that love the idea of just taking this player, letting him marinate over in Russia in the KHL, and when they bring him over, when he's 21 years old, that kid, I'm telling you right now, is going to shred this league because he's a very, very special player. Um, so that's uh, that's what I'm hearing right now. I can't wait to to hear more of the rumors that are going to be happening in the, in the next couple of days. Um, a lot of stuff is going to be heating up at the draft, and it's going to be exciting. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.